Go with me to 2 Corinthians, please, the sixth chapter. And we'll begin reading here about the um, 14th verse. He says, uh, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then he begins to ask a series of questions. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? He, he says something and then he tells you why. Don't be unequally yoked. Now a yoke was uh, usually a wooden, it could have been some metal in it, and leather apparatus, whereby two oxen or two other animals were linked together and uh, they're in close proximity and they function and work together. And he said, don't be linked together, connected together with unbelievers. Should we take this seriously or not? For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What's the implied answer here? None. What communion has light with darkness. What's the implied answer? None. So here, see, the believer is called righteousness. The unbeliever is called unrighteousness. The believer is called light. The unbeliever is called darkness. Verse 15. What concord has Christ with Belial? Belial is another name for the devil. What's the implied answer? None. Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? What's the implied answer? None. And, and those questions are just, if somebody says, well, why? Why can't I, you know, be linked together with unbelievers? He just gave you reason after reason after reason. Because you don't share the most important things in common with them. You don't have the basis and ground for fellowship. <laughs> Y'all are quiet already. Is this scripture? Is it right? Verse 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Another question. What's the implied answer? None. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. And walk in them. And I'll be their God. And they shall be my people. Keep going. Wherefore come out from among them. And be ye separate. Says the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. So this is. What did he start out saying in verse 14? Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. And then in verse 17, he, he repeats the thought, in other words, so come out from among them and be ye separate. Said out loud, be separate. Be separate. Is this a word from the Lord? Yes. Be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. In order to fellowship, with people who deny God and people who disrespect the word and people who see no problem with ungodly things and sin, in order to fellowship with them, you're going to have to fellowship with what they're fellowshipping with. And it's unclean. And it will defile. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Now this is something we need to understand. Even though we believers have been washed by the blood, you can still defile yourself. Because though, though you got saved, though you got born again and washed, that does not mean you lost your will. And you can't make any choices on your own. You or I can choose to participate in evil. That's right. oh, yeah. 
if we so choose. We can choose to yield to things that are unclean and defiling. And one of the big things that would pull you into this is fellowshipping with people who have no problem with that. And you, you know, when you're around people, influences are going to go one way or the other. And if they're not coming your way, guess what? (laughs) They're influencing you. You're going that way. And the enemy is so deceptive about this. He is so subtle and so crafty. It starts small. And, you know, you're not, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. But if they do it, you know, that's their choice. And you tolerate it. And tolerance is the first step toward conformity. I didn't come up with that. The Lord gave me that phrase years ago. Tolerance. Have you heard that word of late? Tolerance. That everybody should be tolerant. And here's another word that goes with it. Inclusive. The devil is so tricky. He is so subtle. He's so tricky. Because who opposes being kind to people? And loving people. And not making people feel left out or excluded. Here's a big question for you. Are parts of the scripture hate speech? (laughs) Why would I say that? Because a lot of people would call anything that doesn't embrace everything hate speech. I just read the scriptures. You going to call the scriptures hate speech? If you do, we know a lot about you. Right? You have no respect for God. You have no respect for the scriptures. You are an unbeliever. Should that affect our interaction? Go back to verse 14. Oh boy. Be what? Be what? Unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Verse 17, look at it again. Wherefore, come out from among them. Do what? Do what? Come out from among them and be ye separate. Separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, I might add, that they're touching, that they're doing. And I'll receive you, and I'll be to you a father, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Keep going into the next chapter here. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us do what? Cleanse ourselves. From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now you don't hear that much talk about holiness. (laughs) It's become a uh, neglected subject. Because people associate it with uh, legalism. And folks say, well, I don't, you know, I'm not going to that church that preaches those do's and don'ts, do's and don'ts, and legalism. We've been delivered. We've been set free to do what? (laughs) (laughs) To do just anything and everything? Uh, Is it okay to do everything? Anything? Is there anything that should be a don't? Yes, sir. Do that. Yes, sir. <laughs> but we dare not say don't. Or we're labeled legalists. No, 
The Bible is right. Well, who's right? The Bible is right. Who's right about all this? The Bible is right. Let's get back to the Bible. Let's stay right on the Bible. Now, the Bible says, while we're talking about it, <laughs> let me read another translation of this while we're here. The Weiss translation says it like this, Wherefore, come out at once from their midst, and separate yourselves at once, says the Lord, and stop touching that which is unclean. As for myself, I'll receive you kindly and treat you with favor. It went on to say in 7.1, Let us cleanse ourselves from all contamination which may defile the flesh and the spirit, progressively accomplishing holiness in the fear of the Lord. The Living Bible says it like this, verse 14, Don't be teamed with those who do not love the Lord. For what do the people of God have in common with the people of sin? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a Christian be a partner with one who doesn't believe? And in verse 17, that's why the Lord said, leave them, separate yourselves from them, don't touch their filthy things, and I'll welcome you and be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters." God's Word translation says, stop forming inappropriate relationships with unbelievers. Today's English version says, so the Lord says, you must leave them and separate yourselves from them. Have nothing to do with what is unclean and I will accept you. Now you you start talking like this, and again, I didn't write this. You didn't write this. Is it Bible or not? But you start talking like this, and oh man, people's ire begins to rise, you know, because it goes against the world's mentality and what the world is preaching. And what the world is preaching is everything is okay, and everybody is okay, and you just have to accept everybody for who they are and what they are and love them for what they are. Him say, what's wrong with that? A lot. We are to love people. We don't have to love all their junk. No. And we don't have to accept things that the Bible very clearly says is not right. And we don't have to participate in things that are wrong. In fact, we're commanded, come out of it and be separate from it. (laughs) So I like this new series so far. (laughs) I almost hear some people, can we go back to the oven for a little? (laughs) I'm I'm going to fast forward a little bit to give you a glimpse. This is one of the biggest keys to learning how to hear from God. To getting clear of all the confusion and is this God, is this not God, this is integral to learning how to hear from Him and know it's Him. You can't have one without the other. But we got to lay the foundation. I became convinced as a teenager that if I could learn how to hear from God, I had it made. Now, a few years later, what are you laughing about? I know it's true. I know it's true. Every good thing, every amazing thing that has happened in our life, you know how it happened? We heard from the Lord. We knew it was Him. We acted on it. And glory to God. Great things happened as a result. But if you're too mixed in with the world and ungodliness, it muddies the waters. 
It convolutes your perception. It messes up your distinction and discernment as to what's God and what's not God. And a lot of times that's all the enemy needs is that wavering and question of doubt is enough to keep you from acting on it if you're not sure that it's him. And the direction of the Lord that you never act on is the miracle you never see. Anybody interested in miracles? Amazing things happening. Then you should be interested in holiness. Hallelujah. Holiness is not adherence to some group or denomination or preacher's list of things, but it is actually Christ-likeness. Jesus is separate. Hallelujah. From sin and high and holy. And he's called us to be like him and to walk like him. Somebody might say, well, I've already fallen short of that. Yeah, thank God for the blood. Because of the blood, you can start over with a clean slate every day. His mercies are new every morning. But you must not just stop reaching for the the prize and the mark, the high goal of being Christ-like, and just conform to the ungodly world because when you take a stand of not agreeing and not participating in everything, you'll find out who your friends are not. And you, the Bible said, they who will live godly in Christ Jesus, what will happen? They shall suffer persecution. That means you'll be excluded from some things. Some people will drop you, take you off their list because you won't agree with them. You won't participate with them in some things. And a lot of people, they're not willing to sacrifice that. So they conform and they're contaminated and become confused. And sometimes people lose their faith altogether. Sad. Sad. Not us. By the grace of God. Not us. We're not going to lose our faith. We're not going to be absorbed and conformed into an ungodly world and live so loose and fleshy and sinful that people can't tell a difference between us and unbelievers. We're not going to do that. By the grace of God. Yes, sir. We're going to be the light and the salt, the different. Amen. And instead of letting, getting sucked in with the ungodly world, we're going to get some people out of the ungodly world. Come on in with us. Huh? No, I'm not going to do that with you. You come on and do this with me. You'll have a lot more fun. <laughs> Is it okay? Who praise God. Praise be to God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. I, you got to watch about pulling a passage of Scripture out and not remembering the context of it. This that we just got through reading was 2 Corinthians. What does that mean? There was a first. <laughs> right? Corinthians. And really what he's talking about when he says uh, come out from among them, it's referencing what he talked to them about in the first letter. So let's go back and remind ourselves of that. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1. He said uh, it's reported commonly that there's fornication among you. Now, fornication is sexual activity between people who are not in marriage covenant. So it covers a number of different things. Such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles. He said the uh, the idol worshipers don't do this. That one should have his father's wife. So here, a son and his stepmother 
have moved in together. Verse 2, and you are puffed up. Say what? (laughs) They're what? That's another way of saying proud. Why would you be proud that somebody in your church, two people, a man and his stepmother, I don't know if the son was in a relationship or not, but obviously the stepmother was in a relationship with, with his daddy. And now they are moved in together, living together, whatever, cohabiting. Why? Because you can't help who you fall in love with. Things happen. Maybe you didn't mean for it to happen. Y'all are too quiet. Sex is not love. Oh boy. Am I reading the New Testament? Am I? You reckon the Lord wanted us to know this or just to pretend like it's not there and just rush past it and find something else? He said, you're puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. He's already implying they need to be out of the church. Is that how people think nowadays? Well, why are they puffed up? You'll see later. They think they are enlightened. They're enlightened concerning grace. That no, maybe it's not the best, but God loves them. and We love them. See, this is the tactic of the enemy. He's using... He's actually camouflaging compromise as compassion. I don't think I've ever said that like that before. The enemy is camouflaging compromise as compassion. And he's counting on you, caring about people enough that you will accept sin and wrong, and ungodliness. And what you don't realize is what he's going to talk about a little bit later, is if it's tolerated, it will multiply. It will spread. That's what the enemy's counting on. Keep reading. Verily I, as absent in body, but present in spirit, I've judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you're gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? He's talking about yeast. He said, don't you know what's going to happen with this if we don't deal with this? Is this love? It's what Paul talking about, is it love? See, a lot of people would say, it's hate speech. It's hate. Turning somebody over to the devil? Definitely hate speech. Uh-uh. In order that the spirit may be saved. Come on, can you see this? This is still compassion. This is still mercy. And leaders have a responsibility for the rest of the people. Can you see that? So to call things so that they're identified. And people know this is not okay. It's not okay to move in with your stepmother. Well, if that's not okay, there's some other things that's not okay. But that's a don't. Isn't it? <laughs> I said, that's a don't. Don't do that. Maybe sometimes, no, never. There are things that should be hard lines in our life. We don't do that. Maybe you did do it in times past. Maybe you made mistakes. Maybe you did it a bunch of times. But you have been enlightened. Yes. 
and you've been forgiven and you've been cleansed and now there are lines. Well, when you say separate, that means there's a line. Separating is this side and that side. And folks don't like it. You know why? Because the devil don't like it. He wants everything to be gray and fuzzy and okay. Why? Because it'll get worse and get worse and spread. And people that wouldn't even consider it begin to think, well, hey, if all my friends are doing it, must be okay. Next thing you know, nobody's clear on what's God and what's not. Everybody's confused about hearing from the Lord, calling good evil and calling evil good. Keep reading. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Keep reading. I want to read this all, all the way to the end. Just a few verses here. Let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now, now this leaven, this yeast, are there things we must not let continue in our midst? We must say, no, that's not okay. Doesn't mean we don't love the people. We do love the people. This is one of the reasons we're saying, no, it's not okay, because it'll destroy you. It'll destroy you. You can play and pretend, but it's going to destroy you. Verse 9, I wrote to you in an epistle not to company or hang out with fornicators. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world are the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, for then must you needs go out of the world. Doesn't mean you can't be around anybody because you're working with unbelievers. You're around unbelievers and they're doing, you know what sinners do? They sin, right? (laughs) You know you used to be one. So, (laughs) verse 11, but now I have written to you not to keep company. Is this inclusion? No. This is the opposite of inclusion. Don't keep company if any man that's called a brother. There's a difference between somebody who says they're a Christian and somebody who don't even claim to be a Christian. If they say they're a, they're a brother, they're a Christian, and yet they're a fornicator, they're covetous, that's money hungry, they're an idolater, they're a drunkard, extortioner, don't have a meal with them. Don't even eat with them. Is this hate speech? It's Bible speech. Why? For both of you's sake. You don't want to get contaminated and deceived and get into the stuff that they're into. And they need a wake-up call. If I don't know about the man that was with his stepmother, but implications are that they have full standing in the church as they are. Maybe she's still singing in the choir. Maybe he's on the usher team. And after a while, you can get used to anything, right? (laughs) But what's the Lord saying? Uh Uh-uh. I'm through Paul. No. Get them out of there. Right? Why? Because if all at once you're not involved in any of the things of the Lord, you're not involved in the activities of the church, your fellow Christians won't even eat with you. See, people don't like that, do they? Did I read the scripture or not? Yes, sir. Then it should be a real wake-up call to go, what, what have I done? Where am I at? Am I really that backslid? Am I really that? It should be a jarring wake-up call, and as soon as somebody wants to repent, it should be, praise God, yes. Get on back in here. Right? But pretending that all this stuff is okay is Yielding to a tactic of the enemy. He's camouflaging compromise as compassion. What have I to do to judge them that are without? Do not you judge them that are within? 
them that are without God judges. Therefore put away, he said this like three or four times now, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Get them out of the choir, get them off of the team. It's not okay. You, you can't live like that and do this. You can't. Why? He's already said this thing will spread. It'll spread. You've got to make, you make a statement about it. <laughs> you, you can tell it's quiet, right? Yeah. <laughs> People don't like this. But this is what it means to be a leader. This is what it means to be a parent. If you're a good leader and you're a good parent, you're going to call things and say things and do things that's going to make people unhappy at times. Your kids will want to do some things and you're going to say no. That's not right. That's not okay. Can't do that. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to yell and scream. But you need to be solid. You say no. No. In church. The same thing in ministry. So many I've seen this now. I've been, been in the ministry for 40 years. So many pastors are so afraid people are going to be offended by something they say and will stop coming to church or will stop giving. That if you don't watch it, they'll tiptoe around and not touch that subject and, and leave, not, you know, leave this alone. And Everybody wants to be liked. And everybody likes to come across like they're enlightened. Right? And they have a full revelation of grace. And they're kind. And, and we're, we're Christians. We're supposed to be compassionate. Right? But the devil is duping and deceiving people to embrace all manner of evil in the name of being compassionate and love. The devil's tricky. He's deceptive. In the sixth chapter, in the ninth verse, I'm laying a foundation. I'm reading scriptures. He said, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you. Were. 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 But you are are a Washed. <laughs> you are now sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, having washed and sanctified and justified, should we go back into that mess? Verse 12. All things are lawful to me. Now this is insight into why they were puffed up. He's actually, I believe, quoting them. All things are lawful to me. They're saying, well, that would explain why they think it's okay for these guys to be doing this and still be in the church. But all things are not expedient. He says it again. All things are lawful for me. I believe this is something that they kept on beating on. They could have quoted it from Paul. I heard somebody the other day quoting something I said. And talking about how they applied it. I thought you've got to be joking. You've got to be kidding me. That is the furthest thing in the world. From what I meant. But you know, people can hear what they want to hear, right? And they can take a phrase and twist it around until it's unrecognizable. I'm not under the law. Have you heard that? Same thing. I'm not under the law. I'm not under the law. So everything is permissible to me. 
They could have gotten that from Paul's teachings. He said, well, yeah, okay, but everything is not expedient and beneficial. Yes, but I'm not under the law, and everything's permissible for me. He said, yeah, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. You've got to rightly divide the Word of God. We're free. We're free. You're not free to be the servant of sin. We're free. We're free. You're not free to yield to wrong spirits. Contaminate yourself. I won't be brought under the power of any. Somebody said out loud, I won't be brought under the power of any. Verse 13, keep reading. Meats as food for the belly and the belly for food, but God will destroy both it and them. All of this is temporary. Soon and very soon, all this is going to be gone. The body is not for fornication. You hear people say, well, that's what God made it for. No, your body's first and foremost purpose is to serve God. For the Lord and, this is, this is a healing verse here, the Lord for the body. The more you dedicate your body for the Lord's use, the more he can keep it. Come on, say that loud. My body is for the Lord. And the Lord is for my body. This is specific. Not just for me, for my body. God has raised both the Lord and will raise us up by his own power. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. May it not be. Keep going. What? Know you not that he which is joined to an harlot's one body? For two, says he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We're one spirit with the Lord. That makes our house, the body, his house. And anything that we yield to that's unclean and defiling, this is the house he lives in. Can you see that? That's what he's saying to them. Verse 18, flee fornication. Every sin a man does without the body is without the body, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. Verse 19, know you not your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you. You have of God, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Somebody say, I'm bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. There are a number of things we cannot do and genuinely say it's glorifying God. And it would help us to remember this from time to time. If we just stopped and said, can I say I'm doing this to the glory of God? It would help identify some things. And you could make some decisions about cutting this off and, and or doing this, if it is glorifying God, getting into it more. Doing it more. <laughs> First Corinthians 15, go there. Maybe you'll like some of these other scriptures a little, a little better. I, no, I know you're thinking. I know you're thinking. And it is a serious subject. And I don't think it's being preached everywhere. Is it the Bible? Yes. New Testament. Yes. Right? Yes. Should we pay attention to it? Yes. Well, everything's permissible for me. I'm not under the law. Have you heard that kind of talk and that kind of thing? Don't put me under bondage. Have you ever heard that one? Don't preach to me your do's and don'ts. Well, is everything a do? Is it okay to do anything? And everything? No, there should be lines that are clear to us. This is ungodly. This is wrong. Contrary to the word. And we need to be bold. Whether you're in high school or university or working on the job or 80 years old. You need to be clear and bold. There's some things that somebody starts pushing you about. You say, no. That's not right. I'm sorry. I love you, I care about you, but according to the word, and if they holler, well, that's hate speech, it's the Bible. According to the word, this is wrong. So I, 
I, I won't be going there with you. I won't be doing that with you. No, I'm sorry. Oh, I guess our friendship is over. Well, they, you learn some things about your friendship right there. You learn they don't care about you. Well, we're moving right along now, aren't we? <laughs> Hold your place in 1 Corinthians. Go to Psalms 106. In Psalms, actually the entire Old Testament, especially, you know, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy and those passages, have you noticed how much space and text is given to defining clean and unclean? Somebody says, well, we're, we're, we're delivered from all that. No, you're not delivered from that. That's painting beautiful graphic pictures of real spiritual reality. There are things that are clean. There are things that are unclean. There are things that are clean. There are things that are nasty. There's good reasons why you shouldn't roast a buzzard for Thanksgiving. <laughs> now you're laughing, but <laughs> somebody say, what's wrong? I mean, I, I could save some money. I could just shoot me a buzzard. You could. Because all things are permissible. Right? You know, and you're not going to lose your salvation because you eat an unclean bird. But there's numerous reasons why the Lord said, don't eat buzzards. And all you got to do is watch them enjoy a meal sometime. And it should be a revelation to you because if you eat them, what's their body made out of? What they ate. So if you eat them, you're actually eating what they eat. And it's nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. That's literally true. It's also spiritually true. There are spiritual things that are nasty. That are worse than that. Worse than that. And the Lord wants us to know the difference. And one of the big things that he kept telling them, he told them, you know, that he had found them a land. He had spied it, Canaan's land, the land that flowed with milk and honey. He had given it to them. But then repeatedly he said, you must not allow any of the inhabitants to remain in it. None. Why? He said, because you'll learn their ways. You'll learn their ways. He said you must not intermarry with them. Because your sons and daughters will learn to worship their gods. You'll break my covenant and you'll bring judgment on you. Why did he say that? It happened. It happened over and over again. Because they didn't remain separate. In Psalm 106 and 34, it sums it up there. Psalm 106.34, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them. They were inclusive. They were tolerant. <laughs> now, the, the reason why it, it's quite like that is because people believe that speech that they've heard through others more than they believe the Bible. They care more about that than they do the Bible. Verse 35, they were what? Mingled among the heathen. And then what happened? They learned their works. They were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And verse 39, 30, well, they served their idols that were a snare to them. And down to verse 39, thus they were defiled. With their own works. And went a whoring. With their own inventions. They were what? Defiled. How come? Because they were mixed in. And they learned. Their ways. You'll hear people adamantly saying. God made me this way. 
I was born this way. And I'm not just talking about one or two things. I'm talking about a whole range of things. Somebody says, well, how do you know they weren't? Well, I got this book. (laughs) Somebody says, what? I I got this book. And and it's got answers in it. Have you noticed it? Man, it's got answers for everything. (laughs) It's got answers everywhere in the don't turn there, but Ecclesiastes 7.29 is a very specific answer to what I just brought up. Ecclesiastes 7.29. He said, Lo, this only have I found. God has made man, what? Upright. But they have sought out many inventions. That's evil inventions. Bad schemes. They've sought out. The easy to read says, there's one thing I have learned. God made people good, but they found many ways to be bad. Don't don't you accept it when people tell you, God made me this way. Anything bad or wrong or defiling or distorted, God did not make you that way. No, he didn't. You're lying about it. Maybe you're not lying. Maybe you're just deceived about it. Maybe you just think it's that way, but it's not true. He's good. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. He doesn't have a dark side. Now, I say that because there's a lot of people think he does. Oh, God's got a dark side. Ooh, he's got a mean side. He does not. He does not. He is completely light. He is completely good. He is completely right. He is completely holy. Is he holy? Do you want to be holy? Yes, you do. Another way of saying clean. You want to be nasty or clean? Nobody in their right mind chooses, wants to live in filth. You can get used to it. But nobody thinking right wants to live in filth. And just like there's natural filth, there's spiritual filth. And there are things that are unclean spiritually. There are songs that are unclean. There are books that are unclean. There are programs and movies that are unclean. Do you know this? Not not just from a natural point, from a spiritual point. The spirits that inspired the scripts are unclean spirits. Hmm? Have you noticed in the scripture where Jesus dealt with people and ministered to them, got them set free, that oftentimes there was unclean, unclean spirit. Well, it's not a matter of trying to be holier than thou. It's a matter of being awake. And, and being aware when something is spiritually defiling Amen. and contaminating yeah. and dirty, nasty. Actually, the word sometimes that's translated from corrupt is the word for decay. It's like rotting stuff spiritually. Come on, say it out loud. I, I don't eat buzzards. <laughs> how often are we talking about? How often? We go, I never... I never eat buzzards. Yeah, but you're not under the law. I know it, but I still don't eat buzzards. Right? All things are permissible. Yeah, but some things are just stupid. It may be permissible, but if you got any sense at all, let's go on and get you a turkey and leave that buzzard alone. Believe God. Prosper. Get you something good. <laughs> Whew. My, my, my. Go, go back to 1 Corinthians then. 1 Corinthians 15. Can you take a little bit more? Well, our, our time is here, but let me, let me find a good place to unhook. And uh, hope you can come back because we, uh, we're laying the foundation of this. And if you, if you think you don't like it, you're just not thinking right because I'm telling you. 
you will like hearing the voice of God crystal clear and knowing it's him. You cannot have that without this. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that or not. Come back and I'll show you the scriptures. It's truth. It's truth. Contamination allows dullness and confusion. One place you can see it, if you, if you want to jump ahead a little bit, not right now, but Romans, the first chapter, read it carefully, and you'll see some of what I'm talking about, how that your understanding can get darkened through this contamination. But I'll be sharing with you plenty. I, I won't short you on the scriptures. I'll give you plenty to, to confirm it. First Corinthians 15, 33. What does it say? Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Now that's uh, King James. That's a little bit, mm, I don't know. It depends on, you know, uh, words change through the generations. You know that. I mean, one thing means one thing different than it did 400 years ago. But don't be deceived. We get that, don't we? Don't let somebody convince you that a lie is truth. That's what being deceived is. Evil communications. The Amplified, I think, is good on this. Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion, associations, corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. This is something the enemy is counting on. He's counting on you you're getting involved with people. And loving that flesh so much that you will tolerate sin and evil and not make a stand and distinguish. Because you feel like, well, if I, if I say I'm not going to participate in that, then I lose them. And the enemy is counting on that. Of course, you could have spared yourself so much pain if you hadn't got that much in the middle of it to start with. Right? If there were lines you didn't cross. You you got people, you know, there's all kind of adultery that has happened. Church going people. I'm going to say by faith, we don't have a problem with it. You going to agree with me or not? By the grace of God. Right? But I know a lot of people have had you know, they, they messed up in these areas. And, and people, you know, wind up saying, yeah, but, you know, we're, we're in love. I'm your, he's involved, guy's involved with the other person's wife, and she's involved with him. He's some, somebody else's husband. Yeah, but we're, uh, our souls are so, you know, entangled with each other. Now, yeah, but that's your fault. If way back here, you'd have said, no, we can't go to lunch. By ourselves. No, we can't sit here and talk about things we shouldn't talk about, about our marriages, what he's not doing right, what she's not doing. How many understand? You crossed lines way back to get to the place where you are now, and if you'd have never crossed those lines, your soul wouldn't be feeling like it's torn apart to have to separate from them. And do what's right now. That's right. But that's why the scripture says, you know, be separated. Get that line real clear. We don't cross this line. I I haven't had, by the grace of God, haven't had one affair with any women, thank God, or anybody else, (laughs) in the churches. I'm not bragging on this. I said by the grace of God. But you know one of the reasons why? I haven't even gotten close. Why? I don't hang out with the ladies of the church. Period. I don't hang out with the ladies of the church. So we never get to know each other well enough Right? Yes, to take the next step, to take the next step, to take the next step. Yeah. 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 Thank you. 
So I, I'm not having these heart-wrenching things, <laughs> right, of having to pull apart. And I, I have been spared all of that. Praise God. And I, I didn't get hit with a skillet by Phyllis or anything like that. I mean, <laughs> I've avoided all of that. <laughs> Somebody say, praise the Lord. Now, now, you're laughing, but are you glad? Are you glad that I hadn't had a bunch of affairs? Well, it's not because I'm some super Christian. It's because the Lord's helped me to say, you just never, you never cross this line. Right? So then you never get close. It's never an issue. You never even got close. You remember the writer of the Proverbs telling his sons, the wayward woman, remember what he said, don't go near the door of her house. What does that mean? You don't go down that street. How many understand? If you don't go down the street, you will never wind up in the bed. <laughs> you won't even wind up in the house because you got to go down the street to get to the house to get to the bed. <laughs> don't go down the street. No problem at all. Never, never have a problem with it. Now you're laughing, but this is this makes it easy on yourself. Makes it easy on yourself. And everybody that's around about you. Keeps the door closed to the enemy. Neither give place. To the, give, him, give him no place. And here's one way that you don't give him any place. Evil communications. Do what? Corrupt. Good manners. Amplified. Evil companionships. Grade school guys. I'm talking to you. High school guys. I'm talking to you. University men and women working on the job no matter what age you are. Watch out for the devil. He's subtle. He's tricky. First it starts just being nice. Just being friendly. Why? Because you're a Christian and you want to show yourself friendly. But then spending more time and then doing stuff with them. Yeah, but I like so-and-so. God loves them too. But he told you to stay away from the bad stuff. He told you to be separate from it. And so, what the enemy keeps trying to do is say, well, you know, but they're, you know, they do this, and you like them. I mean, they got a good heart. So how can it all be wrong? And he's working on conforming you. Come on, can you see that? And he doesn't care if it takes 30 years to do it. He'll keep working on you a little here, sowing a seed a little here, sowing a, sowing a thing here. And you can get to the place where you're so entangled, so confused about it, you're losing track, losing respect to the scriptures, and uh, you're in trouble. You wind up doing things you should never have done, causing all kind of heartache, all kind of pain, all kind of destruction. Let's go to our text and close with it. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. I believe it will mean even more to us now. Let's answer these questions. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? Help me answer. How, how much? What communion has light with darkness? None. What concord has Christ with the devil? None. What part has he that believes with somebody who doesn't believe at all? None. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? None. He went on to say, be separate. Come out from among them. Don't touch the unclean thing. This is not a matter of being holier than that. It's not a matter of being judgmental. We love people. We're not going to be hypocrites. We've made mistakes. We've done a lot of bad, dumb stuff. Before you got saved, a lot of folks since you got saved. But we don't have to live this way. We can grow up. We can obey the Bible, right? We can hold a standard 
and be a light and be willing to endure whatever rejection or persecution that comes because uh, if you get persecuted for righteousness sake, you have now become part of an exclusive group. The group Paul's in. Peter's in. Come on, can you see this? Elijah. Jesus himself. If everybody is cool with everything you do and you're cool with everything they do, you are not acting like a Christian at all. You are indistinguishable from an unbeliever. If you, if you live godly in Christ Jesus, what do the scriptures say? Everybody that lives godly in Christ Jesus, they shall suffer. It's not fun. It's not fun. Suffer, not being sick, not being broke. In fact, you get real blessed, you'll get persecuted for that too. <laughs> but, like Miss Gloria Copeland said, you'll get over it. <laughs> you'll get over it when you're so blessed that you can do all kinds of things that other people can't do. You'll get over it. Shall suffer persecution. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.